You know, I love where I grew up. It, it taught me so much being in a rural community of, you know, the biggest town there, 5,900 and some people, but to have 27 different churches there and to associate with all of them in different ways and stuff and to see the Christ-like attitudes from them. And recently, my wife and I have uh, sought to attend different churches in addition to our church. And uh, we have found some beautiful Christ-like people in some ways. You know, that's what I really seek and I glorify is these humble people that are out there to help one another, to carry each other's burdens, to listen to one another. It's just, it it brings me close back to the pre-existence and back to the love that I, I felt there among all of us was the, the, the coming together in Christ and coming together in that pattern of uh, loving one another and supporting one another. You know, today we were up near an area where people go in to the snow and they have these winter sport vehicles or travel vehicles. And one of our friends had left his truck parked on the side of the road where the trailhead is. And he'd been there for several weeks and he was buried with snow. We couldn't get it out. We had, we were shoveling. This man drove by in a truck. He'd had a couple of little kids in the car with him and he drove by and we kind of smiled at him and he had made a U-turn and parked his car. And next thing we know, he and his two little boys, they must have been like five and seven, maybe even younger than that. He came over and said, hey, my my boys want to help. Can we help you out? We said, man, that is awesome. So we went back to our, our vehicle. We had a couple of extra shovels. They were smaller. They wanted He wanted to use the big one, the older boy. I said, I got, an, I got one more of your size. So we got the shovels out and they were out there shoveling away. And I was so proud. First of all, I was so humbled that someone who didn't even know us would come over and and just assist, just a random person. I was so proud of this father for teaching his kids the value of service. And they were so happy that they were helping. They were talking about how happy it made them to help other people. And I was just proud of this man. You would never look at him and think, this guy's going to pull over and and help us out. Uh, These kids, you didn't think that there would be any reason for him. He's just up there and let's get out of here and turn around and go back but they came out and and spent you know 15 20 minutes with us until we got the vehicle out i was so touched by that act of service you know this is what excites me so much about the days ahead of time you know i mean we're going to continue to talk about uh, tribulation and the things that are facing the world to shake them up but all the time we're going to encounter more and more of these people and we're going to be more and more like these people in our life until we have a strong growing culture underneath this culture of fear and everything else and that excites me to bring us back to this state of the pre-existence and this joining together as brothers and sisters towards a common cause no matter who we are or where we stand and this will you know the, the, the rest of the world that is not committed themselves to Christ and not committed themselves to those principles will be fearful and in torment and worried about everything 
while the rest of us are sharing and working together and helping one another. One of the things that the BYU professors, and they were all probably all PhDs, but they were all scholars, uh, were worked for the Department of Religion at BYU, and they just were really insightful, quite a group. Robert Millett, uh, Joseph McConkie, a really wonderful woman whose name I don't recall was with them, and a couple others whose names escape me. But they were talking about, you know, the second coming uh, could be as soon as you get hit by a car and you're gone. You know, there's a a danger in waiting or just saying, oh, I'm going to repent when I know that the the day is closed. Uh, And they were offering that the day and the hour, we don't know because many of us would just wait until the bitter end before we were in a sense compelled to get our lives in order to prepare for his coming. And that's not the way the Lord wants us to do it because we could go at any minute. That's the reality. Most of us, you know, historically we've all died by natural means. It hasn't been uh, because the savior came. And so we need to be very careful to not, you know, just use the second coming as a, as a measure to when we should start repenting. Yeah. You know, uh, several years ago while I was in the workforce and stuff and, I had done this type of work. You know, I've been working in industry and things since I was 12 years old. So I put in 42 years by the time I was disabled. But I had gone to work one day and I just decided, who am I working for? I'm not enjoying working for this company, working for these men, working for this thing from this perspective. And I thought to myself, why don't I change my perspective I'm going to work first today for the Lord and I'm going to help people and I'm going to lift their hopes. I'm going to do something extra to help them during their day. And then I'm going to work for this man and I'm going to work for this company. And everything in my life began to change. And I was so much more happy, but I think that shift in who I was and everything by who I decided I was going to put work for first that day made the whole difference i remember telling my wife maybe i was naive when we first got married i said look you're really important in my life but the lord is first (laughs) she didn't like that (laughs) i was just being honest and but you know over time she has learned to appreciate that i'm not saying i've always adhered to that okay in my life but i did i do feel that and I, and I have on many occasions put the Lord first, meaning that the decision that I had made was a spiritual decision that caused for a great deal of discomfort. <laughs> and uh, like usually the example is moving, you know, where to move, where to live. I, I have had strong impressions where to go three or four times. And it's met with resistance because she doesn't like change. But every time that we have followed the spirit on it, number one, it's worked out. Number two, looking back, she's like, I'm so glad we did that. I'm so glad that, you know, you're putting the Lord first and not my my comfort. Well, you know, as I watch you and everything, and I know you don't often like your line of work and everything, but I think now that this line of work involves helping others who have been wronged and things and lifting them and stuff that things have changed within you and your personality is different and you're starting to enjoy things more as you do things through this 
change. <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, let me ask you a question so you can maybe help us out here. What are some of the tactics that you recall firsthand seeing Satan use that we should be attuned to so that we know what his tricks and what his methods are? It's when we feel really tired, when we feel overwhelmed. He looks for flags like this when we have disconnection with others, when we feel at odds with our wife, when we feel at odds with our friends, with our employers and things. He sees those flags and this distress in our face and distress in our actions. And then he steps in and whispers quiet, small things to us to say we could be happier if we stepped out on our wife. We'd be happier if we drank some more alcohol tonight to the point we forgot. We'd be happier if we didn't go home tonight. We could be happier if we did this, if we pull apart from the family, if we pull away from our family and pull to others that have problems. And so he's always in the shadows looking for these moments of darkness. And I mean, not only darkness in our how we feel, but darkness of the night and whispering these things to us when we are broken. So just got to have our guards up and and uh, even though at times we don't want to turn to our scriptures or turn to a good book and read when we can't sleep or something, that's the secret is to do kind of the opposite of what we feel that's weighing us down, go naturally to things of light to help us. There's a funny story. Well, first of all, there's a scripture that says uh, Satan is Satan that teaches a man not to pray. And I remember a story reading about Brigham Young the second president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And the story went that somebody was walking by, a, I think walking by a room and hearing Brigham Young pray aloud. And he was struggling, you know, get on your knees, Brigham, and pray. He's talking to himself. I don't want to pray. You know, and he's he's got this audible fight. And he's having to force himself in a moment to pray because there's a natural tendency at times to not want to pray. And he just was going to push through it and was having this, uh, <laughs> somebody heard him, you know, fighting over, over whether he is going to pray or not pray. I always love that story. Because, you know, I've been, oh, I say it openly, but I, there's a lot of things I don't have a veil upon. And so I can see the spirits around us at times and stuff. And, I see many times when we are broken and beside ourselves and in those moments there that the angels withdraw from around us, those that would protect us. And that allows us to be influenced more by the third of the host of heaven and those that chose Lucifer's plan to try to gain access to our bodies. And so, so here's, go ahead. Please go ahead. No, no, please. And then, you know, there's a point where we, we continue to drift away from light and building of families and building of this kind of stuff. And then our with protection is withdrawn more and more. And so Heavenly Father just allows earthquakes, famine, pestilence, plagues, health problems to come upon us to, you know, I always say twist our arm to come back to him or to get us to 
pray and just finally open our hearts to him and say, God, what do you want me to do? Where art thou, God? You know, help me. And it's in that crying out that we really turn our lives back. So I keep thinking about this. I just want to share this with you. I think it's ironic that the that uh, Satan, if his plan had been implemented, or if he was in charge, if he, as he said, he wanted God's seat, he wanted the throne, that the discussion, the dissenting discussion about we should have agency would not have been tolerated. <laughs> in other words, it was the it was the principle of agency that allowed him and allows him to try and lead us away from God. And under his plan, it would never be allowed. It's like, reminds me of a thing I heard many, many years ago, Ronald Reagan was talking in a forum and talking about whatever principles of freedom and things that the, that the United States at that time stood for. And there were some hecklers in the crowd. And, uh, and he basically pointed out that if they had been in a communist country, or a totalitarian country that that outburst would would not have been allowed. He would have been hauled off, you know, in cuffs and kicked out of the room or or put in prison for speaking point well made. And so with Lucifer and stuff, you know, he wants all the glory to go to him, and we he wants us to all serve him, and he it's all him. Now I contrast this with the savior in his life and he's always going let the glory be to my father you know turn you know don't look at to me look to my father in the book of revelations as you know i believe it's a servant there in the scene and they're kneeling before him and stuff and and prostrating themselves he says oh no no please don't the glory is to my father again and don't be looking to me and, and that's kind of the pattern that they're they're always trying to you know give the glory above and and thankful that they can be a servant thankful that they can be one serving lucifer never wants to serve anybody but his own interest and that's how i can determine other people you know or separate people that i work with and things is are they seeking everything for themselves or are they trying to lift somebody else and they're just in there to the opportunity to be a good servant to help others well let's talk about the pattern because that's what we're now going to narrow down to let's talk about the pattern that occurred in heaven that's going to that's that's unfolding on the earth today uh, we have the same techniques the save that satan employed in the pre-mortal existence to lead us away from god's plan that we see on the earth today. That's what M. Russell Ballard said. It's being played out. This is uh, definitely what I see in Revelation 12. So we have this war in heaven. So is it a war of ideas? Is Are there, let's, I don't even call it a physical aspects to it, but is it more than just, yeah, I want agency versus, no, I want to definitely be guaranteed I'm going to come back and be with, uh, I guess, Satan, because he wanted the seat of the Father. So I'm going to come back to heaven, and I'm going to worship Satan. What was the, uh, when we say war, can you add any any uh, information to that? There, You know, we oftentimes think that, well, a spirit can't do this and can't do that. And that's true to an extent. But we have to remember that we could push each other around and, and do things in that way, even though we can't feel as much without the body. 
and we one example of this is the people that use Ouija boards and things and how uh, with evil spirits they can throw things around the room or throw people around the room and stuff that's a, a good example here that spirits can throw people around but this they can sense on that other side and because of my veil being thinner these forces of evil are seeing the assembly and the fortification of God's people on the other side. And they know that the times are near because of this righteous force over there getting so strong and getting preparations ready for the Savior to come and remember everything's always done spiritually before it's done physically. So they're preparing on that side before we prepare on this side. And so in a way, this dark side is fighting for their lives. Now, I've been a hunter and a guide for many years, had my own guiding business and stuff and worked to get into work with lion hunters and bear hunters. And it's so interesting. I wish that I could have saved the one video for my friends where they had cornered a bear on a ledge, beautiful red rock country and stuff. And this bear has got all these dogs surrounding him. And, you know, he's sensing with all these dogs, this is the end of my life. And the bears can, you know, the dogs can bite the bear's butt, but the bear is so much quicker. He can turn around and swat them before they can run away. So we're patching up many dogs at the end of the day because of claw marks in them. But he is throwing these dogs off this cliff. I mean, he when he swats them with his hand, he, they are throwing through the air off this cliff down to the ground and stuff. But it reminds me of, you know, even because I had a lot of fights in the playground as a kid growing up and I was picked on and secluded out and beat upon so much of the way a bully operates and they all operate in the same way. And then, of course, when they get right to the end and they know there's no way to win, there are no rules left. And they will do anything and everything in their power to not be taken out. And that's what Lucifer is doing right now. It's all out, everything, no rules left. So we're, we're seeing his plans, you know, bandied about now, like never before. Uh, any secret plans that were kept hidden, the motives of certain actions, to me, they're being exposed at a, phenomenal rate today this this plan of removing our agency trying in to make the, everything equitable in the new testament i believe it is i love it how that um said that all the secret acts of darkness will be exposed and that's like in more than one scripture you probably know them better than i do craig but that's exactly what we're going through day by day we're at a stage and a time where there's a separation of good and evil and all those things that were hidden in darkness that we didn't know about are being exposed. And that is so we can have agency at this time so that we can choose which side we are going to align ourselves with. Are we going to align ourselves with God and light? Or are we going to align ourselves with the dark and grayness that comes with Lucifer and everything and secrets and secret oaths being made? And I'm always reminded of, uh, isn't it in Moses or Abraham where they're talking about Adam's posterity and those posterity take on the oaths of Lucifer and they kill some people to get power and gain. 
and take on that power of darkness. And Cain actually gets cursed at that point to live on the earth for the rest of his life because he has taken his brother's life to get power and gain. He's taken Abel's life. And uh, so these secret oaths of darkness are all to be exposed so that we can clearly have a choice without any shadowiness, without any darkness. And we can also, at this same time in these first three and a half years, be tested and shaken to see if we will stand with Christ or if we will get upset when our money's taken away, if we're going to get upset when somebody dies and curse God and say, how could you allow my son or daughter to be taken or my wife to be taken? I will not follow you anymore because you're not the God I thought you were and curse him because of the trials in front of us. So we're just tested to the utmost degree to see if we will stand with God. Well, among church members, I think it is a settled opinion, a settled belief that one third of the hosts of heaven chose to follow Satan and were cast out upon the earth as described in Revelation 12 and elsewhere. And their punishment or limitation was that they could not obtain bodies. Your, your pre-mortal, excuse me, your, your out-of-body experience would show that in the pre-mortal world, he initially went over two thirds would be taken by some as, you know, it's just speculation. But I just want to point out that uh, those that came to the earth, the two thirds, we clearly see a large number of our brothers and sisters who were buying into Satan's plan today. They're being deceived. So to me, it lends credence to the fact that some people are, you know, being influenced in a direction that may have they may have been predisposed to to be or have been at one time and that's that's so true because in the missionary efforts that i saw in pulling people back to christ's side to god's side on those missionary efforts they we had to convince them that it was good to get a body and good to follow our plan versus satan and so they were kind of wishy-washy and we were pulling them across enemy lines and back to us. And I still, you know, unfortunately see spirits here that have yet to get bodies that have yet to be born. And they are, because their agency is not limited, they're saying, I wish I had never aligned myself with you guys. There is, it's too hard. I would rather be with Lucifer and his plan and they have seen, it appears to them that Lucifer is winning this battle right now. And to many of us in the one world order and the open society and communism and socialism, everything, it would appear that that side is winning. You cannot see the quiet under things that are being done in righteousness, and it's harder to see them. And uh, so they, it's just, it's so shocking to me to see these spirits choosing otherwise 